beer pong. Yeah, family <laughs> beer pong. Yeah, what is that? That's some white people shit. That's what it is. That is white shit. Family yeah. beer pong. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, I guess I never, I never said what got me into gaming. I just oh, realized. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask you, uh, what was like the game that brought you into gaming? Before you go into it, because you're the gamer, I guess I'll explain mine. Go uh, for it. Yeah. Uh, when I was uh, a kid, I played like a lot of like GameCube and shit like that, like GameCube, oh, Game yeah. Boy, N64. Okay. Uh, those were like the three things that like I had. I didn't have a game. I never owned a GameCube. I owned a Game okay. Boy and an N64. So I played those. <laughs> yeah. But I, there was a GameCube at like a friend's, not a friend's place, but like a family friend's place, whatever. We saw them like once okay. a year and we got to play on the GameCube. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And then uh, I got the PS3 for Christmas in 2007, which was dope. Oh, okay. I forgot to ask everybody before they left because Dixon's gone now. But I forgot yeah. to ask what was everybody's like coolest gift that they ever received for Christmas. But it's fine. Um, oh, God. I yeah. Know. But I got a PS3. It wasn't for Christmas. I got it like before Christmas uh, because I was okay. going to France. But when I got the PS3, <laughs> I got like um, Prince of Persia, which is a great game. I got it's getting a remake. Yeah. I got that. I got. Um, Ghost Recon, I think it was... Okay. Uh, I think I got Rainbow Six Vegas. I Great got, game. um... I got a whole bunch of games. Anyways, it was like, it was like 15 to like 20 games when I came back yeah. from France because my dad stayed here and he got me, uh, the day one PS3, by the way. Day one. Wow, day one. Which, which was Jesus. like a special edition. My controller had day one, like, written on it. Oh fuck! And, like my PS3 was like like glossy, like super glossy, fucking like day one print. I yeah. got that for for like uh, Christmas, and then I broke both of them at a point. Oh no! Yeah, I broke. <laughs> was I was playing FIFA. No, I broke the day one <laughs> PS3 itself uh, because of the yellow line of death. I played GTA Five uh. all in one day, and it melted my. Uh, the the back of my PS3. I did that with The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah, so there was that. And my controller, I broke it playing Black Ops 2. There. Uh, uh, because yeah. I, like, I, like, I died in zombies. And I, like, I didn't even, th I didn't, like, whip it. I just, like, I just, like, tossed it over my shoulder. Just tossed it, and yeah. And it bounced off the ground and hit the corner of the wall and shattered Ooh. into, like, a million pieces, like, five years Fucking later. Fucking hell. Yeah, um, but the the reason I got into like games uh, that were like more story based was because of you. Because Jesus playing... Christ, what have I done? Yeah, because playing. <laughs> because but the thing is, I played back in the day when uh, I was friends with like Izana, which I actually like. Yeah. N we, like no one who listens to this podcast is going to know who Izana is. I actually want to get back listens. in touch with him because maybe he listens. Probably not. But I want to get back in touch with him because, like, he was such a big – him and his family were such a big part of my life. I think I should get back in touch with him. Fair. Uh, but we used to play, like, sports games, GTA, COD, whatever, and he was really good, and I was really shit, but I would just follow okay. him. But then Bloodborne was, like, the first game that I actually committed to, like, getting better at because you oh, wow. because you refused to, like, let me stop playing. <laughs> So so I got better at that. The common theme here. And then from there, <laughs> that's when 
uh, I started getting more into games, like actual proper, like underground, not high selling games. Fair. Damn, that's both of y'all. Rod's like made you play games. How does it? How does it? <laughs> how does it feel though to know that you had this kind of impact on on people? It's kind of nice. Makes me feel good. Yeah. Yeah, because I just, I just download those games on Dixon's console, like well, I mean, like against his will. Well, I mean, for, <laughs> just to just to make a comparison, because I can't let you get yeah. one up on me, apparently. Oh uh, yeah, of uh, course. Yeah. This is the same way that I feel when like you reference to Pimp a Butterfly as your favorite album, or oh Colin yeah, Drop of course, as your favorite album, or yeah. Big Crits Forever is a mighty Definitely. long time as, a, as your favorite albums, because I'm like, I showed that to him. It's it's through you, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like that's that's great. Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah. how did you get so into the game? I guess I know. I guess I know how that feels now. I've been trying to think, and I can't because I've been gaming as long as I can remember. So it was through your dad then. It's through my dad, yeah. But I'm trying to like think of like what like a game, and I think I know. But I guess I'll also give some shout outs to other games I played a lot as a kid. God, I know so, I'm waved. I know I'm waved. But I fucking love this. This is the most <laughs> like like positive this podcast has ever been in Probably fucking been. 41 yeah. episodes. This yeah. is great. This yeah. is fucking great, man. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure it's World of Warcraft and it would have been vanilla World of Warcraft cuz I mm. well, cuz I knew I was playing games already. I but I, 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 I see my dad playing. I desperately wanted World of Warcraft when I was like younger. Yeah. I wanted that game so I, bad. I see my dad playing, and like, oh, I really, because I really want to like play with my dad. I really want to like play like video games with. We used to like NHL and shit. And it was like some of, like my like fondest like childhood memories was like gaming with my dad. That's and nice. so uh, we made so like we he like got me an account and we like played together. And I still have that character and play on that character like to this day. That's great. It's just like yeah. So I I think it's World of Warcraft, but like I was also playing shit like. Uh, Street Fighter 2 and like Mario 64 and Halo. To be fair, and to be fair I actually, I actually really underrate that element of like my gaming experience. But um, I remember at the Calgary Soccer Center, they used to have those game arcade games upstairs at like the back corner of the Calgary. Oh, okay. Soccer Center. Do you remember that? And they had no, Street I don't Fighter. Think I ever saw them. They had Street Fighter. On an arcade game, they had that's a, um, that's they had the oh, I can't remember what the game's called. It's a very famous game. It's the one with like the jet, and you can like go side to side and like shoot upwards. At like, is it a jet or is it is it Space Invaders? It might be, but I, I can't remember. There was that there okay. was Pac-Man, and then there was like some like Dippin' Dots, right? <laughs> right, and okay. there, was, like, there was like all these yeah. machines like next to each other. They took them out eventually. But, like, that yeah. was also because when my dad was playing, I'd go and play games, which, yeah. honestly, I regret now. I wish I would have just sat there and watched. Could have seen him and seen him play. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, I don't have those tapes anymore. But I yeah. wish I would have I wish I would have sat there and watched. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, if, if, if I had to give it to one game, I think I'd have to give it to Vanilla World of Warcraft, which is weird because it makes me feel very old. <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. That's that, that's good. I think, Vanilla, I think, I wow. think people – I, I feel people feel like people don't embrace age enough. 
That's fair. And like like experience enough. I think I think we should all I think we should all learn to like learn experience experience uh, or yeah. how valuable experiences in life and stuff like that, right? Like I think like thinking back and I'm like, man, I I didn't just listen back to College Dropout. I listened to College Dropout <laughs> when it came out. Like yeah. that's great for me where I'm like, I look back and I'm like, that's fucking awesome that I can be like, I was part of that moment when uh, yeah. college dropout and late registration graduation was happening. The, the Kanye 50 cent beef. I was there. That's yeah. great. Um, that's funny. Cause with you, it's music. With me, it's like, man, I remember fucking playing halo three custom games. <laughs> I have, I have video game like memories like that, but they're not like, yeah. They're not Your game of the year prominent games. ones. No, they're not game of yeah. the year games. Okay. That's that's the difference between you and I, is that like my games are like um like SmackDown Here Comes the Pain or like SmackDown <laughs> vs. Raw 2007 and shit. Like those yeah. are the games that I have like near and dear to me where I'm like, I remember playing those games the year they came out and they were fucking great. But for you it's like World of Warcraft and Halo and like shit like that. Yeah. Where it's like those are game of the year games. But um, anyways, yeah. I'm, uh, I want to try to actually make this list. Yeah, I'll you, see if I can actually yeah. do it. Tell me, tell me about <laughs> so, it. Tell me about it when you figure it out. What are these? I will. What are these topics you got? Well, the thing is, uh, so uh, we we've been optimistic for too long. Yeah, it's um, time to time to bring it back down. Yeah, Playboy Cardi. Playboy Cardi. Playboy Cardi. Absolute I, I want to know garbage. I want to know what you're thinking before I go into what I'm thinking because you just went on a rant. I might go on a rant here. That's fair. I guess I'll. I have like, or maybe not a rant, so, but a tangent, like a long tangent. Fair. But I want to know what you're saying. I so guess I'll go. for people that don't know, <laughs> just just quickly to preface, Playboy Cardi dropped a whole lot of red on Christmas Day. It's been yeah. anticipated for the last two years since Dialid dropped in July of 2018, I believe. Um, w- weird, I know the month, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> you're a music guy, but. <laughs> In the in his release, Iggy Azalea, his uh, baby mama, uh, spoke a lot of things about uh, Mister Mister Slat. So yeah, um, Craig, what are what are your thoughts on what's been going on? And if you have anything else to add to what I've just said, go ahead. uh, I guess I'll go least least severe. His type, the way he types, really annoys me. Like lowercase <laughs> first letter, uppercase. uppercase fuck, oh my god, yeah, fucking idiot. I hate him. But Iggy, Iggy has come out and basically been like, like he's never around. He like won't spend Christmas with like me and his kid that he wanted. Like he won't fly us out. He wants to spend time with us, but he'll spend time with like his side chick, who looks pathetic. Um, but like he's doing like the fucking. He's not even doing the least. He hasn't he hasn't even signed the kid's fucking birth certificate. That's like bare minimum father thing. That's like the least you can do is sign the birth certificate and like give this kid like a last name. Like it's it's beyond a deadbeat. He was playing PlayStation while his wife was giving birth in like a different state. It's truly like disgusting behavior. It pisses me off a lot. Fair. Yeah. Fuck, disgusting. You got anything else? Because I, I might, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go in in a bit. So. 
Go off. It disgusts me too much to even talk about with, like, what I want out of life to, like, see, like, someone who is a father, like, ugh. Yeah. Well, Iggy, if you it, need a, it, if it you need a baby me. daddy, Craig's right here. <laughs> you got all that ass, and he's got all that hair. So. <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah, teams up. Teams up. So, this is my thoughts. Yeah. Miss Iggy, I empathize with you. Stop tweeting. Stop tweeting. I, I don't care. This is, this is my thing. We need to stop fucking tweeting every single problem that comes your way. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, and I might sound like a dick for saying that. But, bro, enough. 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 There's things... That are our business. This is not one of those things that are our business. It's That's not fair. our business, your personal affairs, right? You yeah. had a kid with this man. He wanted this kid. Fair fucks. That's on him. And the thing is also, I want to say something really quick. Yeah. I don't condone what Playboy Cardi has done based on what we know. I do not condone this. I'm not defending Playboy Cardi. I'm not trying to have his back here or whatever. I'm not. But I'm yeah. tired of celebrities trying to appeal to their audiences to try and turn their fan bases against people with half the information. I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm tired of That's this. That's fair. There's no well, one I accept this from, right? There's yeah. nobody I accept this from. Not even Kanyezy. I don't care. <laughs> when Kanye tweets out shit about shit that we don't need to know about, that's the first thought that pops into my mind. Now, I'm not the person. I don't tweet anything because I don't feel like it's necessary to put negativity out into the world, out into that person's frame of view just for the sake of being an asshole. I don't, I don't okay. feel that way. But I do believe that sometimes personal affairs are personal affairs. Iggy Azalea knows what she's doing with the shit stir that she's causing the day of Cardi's release. And I know the yeah. release was on Christmas, but tell me this. If Whole Lot of Red did not drop Christmas Day, it's Iggy Azalea tweeting. I thought she'd been tweeting about this before. No. No, uh, she I thought she had tweeted been. about it before, like a while ago. No, she had not been. She tweeted about it the day of. And I might be wrong on that, but that's what I, I have seen. That's what I've looked into. It's been the day okay. of. I'm like, you know what you're doing. You're drumming up controversy on Christmas Day. For how many millions of people? Why? Yeah. Why? This is y'all's business. Because he can't have his... his victory. Maybe he doesn't... Maybe she feels he doesn't deserve, like, a victory day. Which is fine. Which is fine, yeah. but that's between y'all. There's ways, yeah. and guess what? As much as I disagree with that, there's ways to do that without being on Twitter and turning a fan base against you. Fair there's enough. ways to do that. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Not an example uh, that makes perfect uh, sense, but an example that is yes. worth uh, the conversation. Okay, what is it? The, con the, the, the example is... The diss tracks. Okay. Those diss tracks, it didn't matter how many people said anything about that matter. 
It didn't matter to me. Okay. Because it yeah. took one thing to turn that whole day sour. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. To to turn that whole release sour. It didn't it didn't need to be a million different things. That's what I mean when I say like it's it doesn't matter if you turn an entire fan base on somebody or if you or if you voice your direct opinion towards somebody. It's going to to take the day in a different direction. That's fair. That's why I'm saying with Iggy, I'm like, "Yo, I get you're hurt, I get you're whatever." This is I, I I'm not with this, and it's it's not just and my by the way I want to say this is not just an Iggy situation, this is a situation that has gone down through the whole decade. Yeah, it's the new norm. Social media is killing hip hop. Mm. That's where I'm at. Hip hop's dying. It's an interesting. The the core essence. I shouldn't say hip hop because the genre is evolving, but the core. It's a big of genre as well. The core of hip hop is dying through social media, because social media is turning everybody into bitches. <laughs> bitches, <laughs> understand? Ah, uh, and cloud chasers. Yeah, and these yeah. real issues. This child is becoming a clout opportunity that's trash i'm not with that that's your child you deal with it yeah i'm not gonna sit here and act like that's okay the same way that when i was a kid my parents went through divorce my parents went through shit when they started spreading that out into the entire community i remember how i felt as a kid i was like why are you airing out our business to everybody enough yeah that's the yeah. shit that I'm talking about with this Cardi Iggy situation. Now, Cardi, now that this has come out, either defend yourself or take care of your kid. But above yeah. that, this is y'all's issue, Iggy. Deal with it as y'all's issue, Iggy. I'm not sitting here to listen to you about things because I hate when celebrities start talking about that. You're not just my fans. You're my friends. Blah, 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 blah. Really? We're your <laughs> friends. Take me to fucking dinner then. I'm your friend. Yeah. I'm not your friend. I'm a fan of you. I'm not your friend. Yeah. There is a disconnect. Stop with that there's shit. A, there's a distance there. There is a distance there. Stop with that shit. I'm not gonna. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm not with this. These aren't just my fans. These are my friends. This is my family. This is my. No, we don't know you. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but that's the case. We don't know you. If I ever make it, that's the first thing I will say anywhere I go. I don't know you. <laughs> I do not know you. Yeah. You're my fan. I you can appreciate your fans, but they're not your friends. Stop trying to substitute your fans for your friends. It doesn't exist. Yeah. This isn't our business. Leave it to yourself. And this is with anything. I I feel the same way about the Amber Heard Johnny Hurt Johnny Depp situation. If y'all want to say I'm biased against Iggy, I agree with Johnny Depp, but this is not our business. Y'all deal with yeah. this. I don't know you. If anybody else would tell us this, 
we'd be like, yo, I understand you're going through some shit, but I'm not, I don't know you or anything. <laughs> I don't want to hear about this. That's the way it yeah. is. But we treat celebrities a different way. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. That's what I mean when I'm like, we, yeah, be, be mad at Cardi. Be, be annoyed with Cardi. That's your business. For me, I'm like, just keep it on you. You know what you were trying yeah. to do. You know what you were trying to achieve. You knew the shitstorm you were creating by tweeting that. You knew all this. You knew his uh, his tape was dropping that day. You knew you were being petty. You knew you have you do you, do you believe you have the right to be petty? That's fine, but that's what it was. Yeah. Why didn't Dixon drop his fucking? <laughs> all right, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a mute Dixon. Yeah. Jesus. God, it's but out. fair, that is a that is a very uh, unique take. That's a take I haven't seen before, and I agree. Yeah, I think most people are taking sides. I mean, I took a fucking side. That is a that is a very like fresh way to look at at the situation. I feel like like in the in the day we're day and age we're at, that just is what you do. Like you go on social media and you tell people your like situation, and they tend to help out. They do help out. Yeah. It helps to create a mob mentality as a celebrity. It helps. It Absolutely, helps. yeah. But I'm I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. I'm done with with listening to celebrities air out their grievances to their fans, and then you hear a second side of the story, and it's like, oh wow, this is completely fucking different. I'm done. Yeah, time to flip. Yeah. I'm done with that. Like like when I look at when I look at. Uh, even going back to the Tory Meg situation. Okay. Tory shot Meg in the foot. Yeah. Now it's coming out. Tor Megan's best friends coming out and being like, "Oh, it's closer to Tory's story." We're like, "What the fuck?" This is why it's not our business. And the thing is that I never, I never took a side in this whole, and and I never take a side in celebrity beef ever, never, because yeah. I'm somebody that is aware. That it's really not our business. You are providing, and, and this is another thing. It's entertainment, music, movies, video games, anything. Yep. It's the service industry. If somebody is your server at Earl's and they were a rapist. Okay. Are you going to be like, oh, you can't serve me, sir? You can't serve me. You're a rapist. No, it's the service industry. You'd be like, fucking give me my fucking steak. But we treat celebrities like they are our personal circle. It's They're not our personal circle. Yeah. And that's that. That's fair. Yeah. I'm curious to know your, your take, though, on the, on the Cardi Iggy thing past what you've already said. Well, like, I, I tend not to get involved with, like, celebrity beef. But this is obviously, like, it touches an area that, like, I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. I think, like, you have a kid, regardless of, like, whether you wanted that kid or not, once that kid is there, it is now your responsibility. You need to be there. You need to be a, at least a father. I think father and dads are different things. I think, I think, I think fathers provide... The essentials, their providers, 
right? I think dads is where you get like that like emotional connection. Dads go the extra miles where fathers are just kind of there. You need to at least be a father to any child you make. Like sign the fucking birth certificate. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. But you won't even sign the birth certificate nine months later. But my point is, we don't know why he's not signing the birth certificate. I get that. But we like, what reason know. could there possibly be? There's reasons. <laughs> there's reasons. There's titles. There's property. There's money. There's likeness. There's a whole lot of shit that goes into that that we don't know. That's, yeah. And not and I'm and again I'm not condoning that, but I'm saying that there probably is a reason that he's not signing the contract, not just the fact that he's like, "Oh, I'm going to screw over this lady." There's probably yeah. a reason. Well, she needs to come out. But that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Got a lot of heat on him I'm right like, now. Either defend, that's why I said either defend yourself or yeah. take care of that child because that's you. But Yeah. The reason you shouldn't have to take care of yourself in the public eye because this isn't a, this isn't a public issue. That's not our yeah. child. That's <laughs> yeah. your child. Yeah, it's not our business. I want to see celebrities stop with this whole fucking, you know, charade of like trying to, uh, you know, convince the world that like as if. Uh, we're part of their family. Like, we're not. Yeah. We're not. I know the yeah. imaging game that they're playing, but we're not. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, shit. What happened here? Okay, there we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have anything else to, to speak on, on, on this? Mm. Well, I'm hoping Cardi defends himself or, like you say, like, Defend yourself or like get to like raising this kid, but um, I don't think situations like this are ever gonna stop. I only think it'll like get worse. In what way? I think I think celebrities like the the line between like celebrity and like us is going to seemingly close without like ever really closing, but they're gonna like just continually open up about like shit we don't need to know. I think it's only going to get like more intimate as time goes on. That's fair. That's fair. I think so too. I think yeah. I think the more that celebrity status becomes appealing to the public eye, I think every situation is going to be taken to the public. Every situation For sure. is going to be yeah. taken to the public no matter what it is. Everyone's going to yeah. turn into like how uh uh what's her name? That fucking What's her name? Trisha Paytas. Everyone's yeah. gonna become Trisha one day. Do you hear that they're apparently abandoned sex workers off of Instagram? Oh well, I know that's been the case for a long time. Yeah, I've and they followed, recently got I've, like I've, Trisha Paytas. I followed and have been friends with many sex workers in my time, and I know yeah. how their experience is in social media and just in life. Uh, yeah, they're very misunderstood and. Uh, uh, what do you wait? You know what? Before we get into the final segment, what's your perspective on on sex work? Um, my perspective on sex work. Dixon would have been someone good to have for this conversation, but it's too late. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate. He had to go play fucking beer pong with his family. Um, Whatever that means. Yeah. I, it's weirdly demonized sex work. I don't Given quite understand. That everyone does. Yeah, that it is a service that only exists because there is a client base. <laughs> yeah. If no one wanted it, it wouldn't be there. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's weirdly demonized. I, not all these sex workers are like sluts and whores and you know. And it's a lot of, of it's, wait, wait. it's and some of them are and, and that's some of them are fine. And that's fine. That's fine to <laughs> women, want sex. Women can be horny. <laughs> women can fun. be sexual. I want to say something right now. Do you think yeah. the word slut is stigmatized? Because I don't think it is. Well, what's – how so? Like I don't think the, the term slut is a negative word. I think in society it is. I think it is a stigmatized word. Why? I call you a slut. You're insulted. <laughs> but do you think that's because of the connotation of like you want a lot of sex or because of the way that it's been treated? I when you know I think when you call someone a slut you're saying they're like dirty and they're like promiscuous. But what's, they all oh, they sleep around they don't get but care I'm saying, of themselves. But I'm saying what's wrong with that? But that's what I'm saying, that it is stigmatized, the whole idea around it, and that's why it is an insult, because it is seen as a bad thing to be promiscuous, to be uh, so overly – people so, will say overly sexual. So you're saying in a, a, in a communal sense, being yeah. – as a woman, because it's not going to be yeah. a man, being a woman exactly. and being dirty and promiscuous and horny and in need of sex – is something that is frowned upon in the general public. Absolutely. Look at the look I at the agree. reaction to WAP. I agree with you. Like I look how people you. freaked right. out about WAP. They're like, look at these fucking whores. I, I agree with you, and that 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 wasn't <laughs> really the point I was bringing up. Okay. Uh, but but I do agree with what you're saying that the idea okay. behind being uh, you a know, slut, being yeah, a slut, yeah. being somebody that is sexually incessant we'll call it okay as a woman yeah something that as the public population moves they start to like lessen the value of that human being because they absolutely sex my point my or, or not my point my question was yeah do you think that a woman that is reliant maybe reliant on sex or incessant on sex or somebody that is um, just wanting sex on a regular basis is something that is a negative thing. No. Yeah, I agree with you. Because like I'm like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I mean, I was a cab. I've been a cab. I was a cab for fucking years. But you don't sleep with nobody unless you're in a relationship. Why? Uh, sex with me is like very like emotional thing. But then, how, very, very but then, how, but then how could you say that you and some of these women are the same if it, not all of it is an emotional thing? I'm, I'm not saying we're exactly the same, but I'm saying I've been in that area and I've been in that kind of like around that area of like sex. I wouldn't classify myself as a sex worker. Do you think do you think you have an addiction? No. Do you think you, you don't think you rely on that like thrill? No, no, definitely not. That's fair. 
camming, camming for me was always about like gaining like a sense of confidence and like having a place like of positivity, but like in know, my world, a space that like was my own. But you don't define that as an addiction. No, because I've been able to go away from camming. I've been able to not have sex for extended periods of time. Like I don't like, I don't like itch and fucking scratch for sex. <laughs> Fair. I feel yeah. I feel like I have an addiction. That's fair. In terms of and maybe maybe not a severe addiction. And yeah. maybe addiction and maybe addiction is even the wrong term because I don't withdraw from sexual activity. But like sex is something that I do like rely on doing in, okay. in a certain sense. That's fair. Like I don't nothing wrong with that. Like I don't watch I don't watch porn. Okay. I don't jerk off. I've never, not not never. Sorry, <laughs> I, should, I should I should I should rephrase that. I yeah. haven't done that in probably three years. Oh shit! Three two wow. and a half three years. I haven't done that. I've just okay had sex. But the thing is that. Whenever I gained the need, I'd always have somebody to call, somebody to message, a couple people to call, a bunch (laughs) of people to be like, just throw messages out there, have five different people be like, yeah, I'm down, and then I choose one. Like, that's the way that I've moved. And I know that sounds super scummy. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. Uh, (laughs) And I'm sorry for any of you ladies that hear this and that we're part of that. I'm sorry. But... Yeah. That's the truth. So that's where I'm like, I find that it could be something that I'm relying on. But at this point in time, I guess we'll find out soon because this lockdown is 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 not great. Extending. Uh, yeah. Really? So so maybe it'll, it'll become apparent and maybe I'll update on everybody on on whether it's an addiction. Or yeah. Not one day. There you go. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Where did we start? Complete opposites. We're talking about like sex workers. Wait, what do you, what do you mean complete opposites? Well, it seems like you just like fuck to like fuck and like like that's how you like release like any like temptation or whatever, right? You just like fuck to fuck. We're like I only like fuck in relationship, not because I think it's not, like superior not, not to rele- or better. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say to release temptation, but. Because I like fucking. Yeah, you yeah you fuck is like you like fucking. Yeah. Whereas like, and like I don't I I don't think I'm like better or worse than anybody for like oh, only fucking relationships. It's just like the way it is. <laughs> I just have to like have a like a level of like familiarity and like attachment like with that person. I think we're I think we're good to go on the end of this. I think we're good to wrap it up. I think we've touched on everything. Oh, I believe so. I think so. Um, so yeah. Uh (laughs) going into my uh mini reviews of the week. That's right. Of course, we're continuing my lists for the year end of twenty twenty. So this week we're doing my best songs. Of 2020. I should should specify my top 50 songs of 2020. (laughs) I have a top 50 list 
written out in front of me. Craig, if you know any of these, you can have a conversation <laughs> afterwards. But yeah, we'll I'm, see. I'm looking at it now. You might know, like, maybe five. <laughs> Good for me. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of me. So, top 50 songs of 2020. I want to start by saying this week we're doing songs. Next week we will be doing albums uh, of the year. Okay. Uh, the big one. Across both, I will do uh, honorable mentions for both. But uh, next, I wouldn't. I, I won't say next week. Next episode, we'll do uh, the album of the year. But this week, we're doing songs of the year for my mini album. All right, here we go. Music reviews. So, <laughs> for my um, honorable mentions for songs okay. of 2020, this is in no particular order. But I'll just let you know. Um, I have an order here, but I'm going to put them not in an order just by randomly choosing them and talking That's about it. Because why would I do that? Um, <laughs> so these are the honorable mentions. Uh, we have Silly Watch by Lil Uzi Vert. Uh, great banger. Okay. The Climb Back by J. Cole. The Light by Joey Badass. My Future by Billy Al- Billy Eilish. Therefore, I Am by Billie Eilish. The Ghost of Soldier Slim by Jay Electronica. Detonate by Charlie XCX or C2.0 by Charlie XCX. I couldn't decide. Uh, <laughs> Dream Palette by Eve's Tumor. Uh, you and Me Selling Weed by The Flaming Lips. <laughs> okay. Anything by Adrienne Lanker. Uh, Running by 21 Savage and Metro Boomin'. Shoot Sideways by Conway the Machine and Alchemist. Uh, Kelly Green by Tabby. Uh, Red Card by Frisco. My Brother's Keeper by uh, Ka. Best Interest by Tyler the Creator. Undefeated by KSI. Uh, WAP by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Not second place? No. Uh, Are you sure about that? No. Featherweight, <laughs> Featherweight by the Fleet Foxes. War Paint by Benny the Butcher, Los Angeles by Haim, and Laugh Now, Cry Later by Drake. Into the top 50 songs of 2020. Here we go. Starting with number 50, it's S.O.K. to Hases by Lido Pimienta. Okay. Four. I, so, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go through the first part of the list with like not much explanation, and then I'll yeah. get into more explanation the further along we go. So, 50 right. is "Sok to Hases" by Lido Pimienta. 49 is "Dior" by Pop Smoke. 48 is "Frank Murphy" by Westside Gun. Number 47 is "Black Magic" by Backwash. Number 46 is "Everything Ends Last Year" by Open Mike Eagle. Number 45 is Laundry by Rap Ferreira. Number yeah, I know that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number 44 is Bodyguard by JPEG Mafia. Number 43 is Frontlines by Conway the Machine. Number 42 is End of Days by Spillage Village. Number 41 is Cut Em In by Anderson Pack. Number 40 is Run by Joji. Number mm. 39 is Wildfires by Salt, the incredibly mysterious group Salt. Uh, number 38 
is Dem Man Aw Dead by JME. Number 37 is Rose Royce by Preservation featuring Quelle Chris. Number 36 is The Leader of the Delinquents by Kid Cudi. Number 35 is 1238 by Childish Gambino. Number 34 is Become a Mountain by Dan Deacon. Number 33 is Little Dominique's Nosebleed Part 1 by the Koreatown Oddity. Number 32 Mm. is 327 by Westside Gun featuring Joey Badass and Tyler the Creator. Sorry, excuse me. Number 31 (laughs) is Lockdown by Anderson Pack. I'm going to take a sip of whiskey. You'd, how much of that bottle have you had? Uh, you can you can view it right here, uh, like a good half. Jesus Christ! Looks wow. Yeah, like a good half. Just, just giving it. But the thing is that I had half over like seven hours, seven and a half hours. It's fine. Yeah. That was number thirty-one. Was locked down by Anderson Pack. Number thirty into the top thirty. It's Demboy Regaton. Dembo. Irregaton by El Alpha, which I might play to close the podcast because it's quite great Uh-oh. and quite fun. Number 29 is Dragon Ball Do-Rag by Thundercats. <laughs> Number 28 yeah, banger, banger. is The Valley of the Pagans by Gorillas featuring Beck. Number 27 is Garden Song by Phoebe Bridgers. Number 26 is OMG by Lil June Afropunta. That is the first half of the list. We're into the top 25 songs of the year. Ooh, man, I'm fucking hyped. <laughs> so, uh, into the top 25. Number 25 is Good Morning by Black Thought, featuring Pusha T and Killer Mike. Great track, mm. great verses on the track, great topical verses on the track. Uh, Swiss Beats is also on production and on the hook on this track. It's uh, a fantastic hip-hop song. Go listen to it if you haven't. Number 24 is Say the Name featuring or Say the Name by Clipping. Uh, mm. uh, the, the opening track track of uh, Visions of Bodies Being Burned by Clipping. Another horror-themed album, another horror-themed track, of course. But the uh, texture of the track, the catchiness of the track is something that I think that they have done the best across either of their two projects uh, featuring the, ha- um, the haunting nature of uh, their albums. Number 23, Heard Him Say by Logic. Uh, Logic's on the list. What the fuck <laughs> is 2020? Heard him say is an excellent track. Uh, one of the best beats of the entire year is on this track. I've, I've, I've listened to Logic talk about the track. He said basically he just stole the drums off of Good Morning <laughs> by Kanye yeah. and was like, I want to do something over this. And it turned into one of the best uh, produced songs of the entire year. And I love it. And I have not been a fan of Logic Preview, but this was great. It was great. Number 23. Number 22. Please Don't Make Me Cry by Leanne Lahavas. Oh. What a fantastic, groovy, soulful, beautiful 
track uh, that this album puts in, like that this song puts in, this emotional performance, so so much levity, especially in the latter half of the album itself. Um, there's not enough good that I can say about this. By the way, forgot to say this, an honorable mention for the year, because oh. it wasn't in my list, but I want to talk about it just briefly. It was uh, the new SZA track, Good Days. I forgot to mention yeah. it, but it is an honorable mention. It would probably fall somewhere in my top 50, but it's too new. I can't do that. That's uh, fair. And I forgot to go on my, my rant about Playboy Cardi's album, but it's fine. We'll do it in the next episode. <laughs> um, number 21. So that was 22 was Please Don't Make Me Cry, Leah and La Havas. Number 21 is Black Twitter by Quale Chris and Chris Keys. Um, very great song, very topical song off of Innocent Country 2. Um, go listen to it. That's all I'm going to say about it. Just go listen to it if you do not understand why this is great. Number 20. Jesus Christ. I'm losing <laughs> breath. I need to breathe. <clears throat> yeah. You got give this. Me, give me a fun fact that isn't your fun fact for the episode while I drink. A fun fact that isn't my fun fact for the episode. Anything. It doesn't have to oh. be history. It could be a video game fun fact. It could be a movie fun fact, a music fun fact. It could be yeah. anything. I'm trying to think. Fun fact. I got a new record holder for Christmas, and I had to what? put it together myself. Yeah, it's a Crossley uh, record holder. Uh, pu- bring me over to it. Bring me over to it. I want to see it. Did you, did you <sighs> bring it out of the box? Sorry, I'm making you move like everything to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's all put together. Uh, my album's in it. Oh, that was the box that you sent us. Oh, that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, that's I like great. it. That's great. You had a pretty good Christmas. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, I quite like it. So, uh, I've had my drink. We're at <laughs> 20. Number 20! Something to Rap About by Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist featuring Tyler, the Creator. Mm. Great track. I know a lot of people because I should have I should have prefaced something uh, with the best songs of 2020 list. I'm only choosing one song per album or singles. I'm not going to do interesting. I'm not doing multiple songs per album. I'm not doing that. That's interesting. I know a lot of people. Would have chosen Scotty Beam to be the song for Alfredo. I get that. Yeah. I think <laughs> the glossy, glamorous production, as well as the the rhyme schemes, the raps on something to rap about with Freddie Gibbs and Tyler the Creator and the Alchemist, is better than that. I think that Tyler's verse is one of the best verses of the entire year. I think Freddie Damn. Gibbs rides the track brilliantly. I think the Alchemist, uh, the production behind is very stripped back bareback, basic, but still luxurious, poignant. I think it's fucking excellent. I think that they combine to make something of magic on this track. Uh, Damn, I love okay. It. Number 19. <laughs> it's Si Veo A Tu Mama by Bad Bunny. Love this song. It's the intro to one of the most important reggaeton albums of all time. I don't care what anybody oh, says. Oh, this wow. Bad Bunny album, Yo Hago Lo Que Me De La Gana, is fucking excellent. 
Uh, CVO at Tu Mama is one of these songs that I think is just, it sets the tone brilliantly, but on top of that, above all of that, it's fucking excellent tonality wise. <laughs> the, the pacing of the track, the hype of the track. I know Safaera would be a lot of people's choices. Yo Pereo Sola would be a lot of people's choices. I don't give a shit about your opinion. CVO oh, at oh, Tu Mama. Far is the best song wow. on the album. Just laying it out there. And and honestly, don't listen to the song. Listen to the album. Oh, it wow. the best, most important album in reggaeton's history. I promise you. Go listen to Jesus. it. Jesus. Wow. It'll be, a, it'll be a, an album that defines the entire 2020s for reggaeton, I promise. I guess we'll see it on the next list. True. Number 18 <laughs> is Shook. By Tikei Maidza. Love this song. Super fun. Super fun EP. Go listen to the EP. But I love this song in particular. Very uh, fun. It's a very fun track. And there's not much to it in terms of lyricism and, and all this kind of stuff. Not that it isn't lyrical. But it's just not much in the way of like why this song is great. The reason the song is great is just because it sounds fucking good and it's so fun. It's so fun and it makes me enjoy uh, that EP even more. And I'm putting it at number 18. Number 17. I know. I know, guys. (laughs) I know. I know. This song probably shouldn't be this high, but I listened to it. An unhealthy amount. Oh, God. And I'm putting oh it God. at number 17. It's Summer House by Coda the Friend. Hey, nice. I listened to this song and this project an unhealthy amount. <laughs> <laughs> it's so optimistic. In a yeah. year that has been so tragic, and I think you will see that the further up the list we go, this song is so optimistic for a year that is so shit. The yeah. intro song to um oh my god, what's this, what's the album called? What's the album called? Everything. Uh, everything. What the fuck the album's called? It's everything, yeah. Okay. It's so beautiful. And I love this song. I love the vibe. I love Code of the Friend. I love yeah. the instrumental i love the summery mood of the song throughout the summer it dominated my playlist uh but it's great go listen to it number 16 take it back v2 by denzel curry and kenny beats unlocked album look at them go this song is the best song on the album don't let yourself be fooled (laughs) <laughs> don't don't say it's diet. You're wrong. It's take it back. It is. The dark nature fits Denzel Curry. Let's start there. It fits Denzel. But above that, the production is so nuanced. It seems so simple, but it's so nuanced. And the way that Kenny Beats compliments Den- I'm assuming that they started with a loop and Kenny Beats just complimented Denzel as it went on. It's fucking brilliant. Mm. There's nothing that I would change about this track, and that's why it falls at number 16. Woo! I need a drink. <laughs> Craig, fill in. Fill in. I guess I'll show... I guess I'll just keep showing Christmas gifts. 
Uh, another Christmas gift I got this year was the entire box set of the uh, Dragon Ball Z manga, all 26 volumes of it, in like this cool ass fucking box. What? See, I'll gra- I'm gonna grab the box. Yo. Because the box is really nice. That's crazy. 26 volumes? 26 volumes. Yeah, man. That's amazing. Who got you that? My parents. That's amazing. Yeah, this thing's sick. That's beautiful. Oh my yeah, god! The inside <laughs> yeah. is crazy. Yeah. You guys can't see it, but he opened up this box to reveal like all twenty-six volumes, all like packed neatly in this box. With not unlike the uh, the bindings, all like make an image. It's very nice. That's amazing. Into the yeah. top fifteen. Songs of 2020. Number 15 is Black Dog by Arlo Parks. This is a beautiful, gorgeous track. Arlo Parks has a lot of great tracks this year, and she has an album coming out in January that I will be reviewing on this very podcast because I'm assuming it's going to be brilliant. Black Mm. Dog is a very emotional track. It... uh, paints uh, a vision of infidelity. It paints a vision of heartbreak. It paints a vision of pain that perhaps perhaps no other song does this year. Wow. Wow. And her voice Big is gorgeous. Her voice is gorgeous. Her delivery is gorgeous. And that's why it falls in number 15. Go listen to it. Number 14 is Vera Cruz by Natalia Lafourcade. She she is. There she is. She is my favorite Latin artist currently. She is such an homage, a throwback to the the life and times of of beautiful fucking uh, regional Mexican music. It's excellent. It's excellent, and Veracruz is the best track of a fucking great album. Uh, I was between a lot of tracks for this, but Veracruz was the one. It was the single of the album, and it was the one that touched me the most. I almost cried like a little bitch, but I didn't. She can get you. She she almost did, but she didn't. The The plucky acoustic guitars, the amazing wind stealing vocals are just mm. are just one of a kind and i love it number 13 is the single after hours from the weekend this song is the like the pace on this track the way it fluctuates the way that the mountain is overcame and brought down at the same time is fucking immaculate. There's no single on that album that does the journey that After Hours completes on its own self-titled project. It is Mm. something that The Weeknd should be extremely proud of. It's a song that I cannot wait to see live eventually. (laughs) Eventually. We'll go crazy. One day. One One day. day. One day. Hopefully when uh, uh, lockdown lifts... We'll listen to uh, all the weekend projects, and then we'll we'll go to the Jeez. album. 
Yeah, there we go. We'll go to the, the live concert, I should say. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, After Hours is excellent. Please listen to it. Please listen to the album. It's really good. Enough, <laughs> enough with it, and fuck the Grammys. Uh, After Hours is sick. Number 12 is the opening track Spotlight by Jessie Ware. It's on her project. Uh, it's on her project. What's your pleasure? Oh, uh, I have that on my list. Huh? I have that on my list. I grabbed a list of like 10 albums off of a Fantana's list. I'll tell you them after. Oh, uh, fair. But Spotlight yeah. by Jessie Ware is such an immaculately beautiful song. Uh, number 12, it actually hurts me to put it at number 12 because in any other oh, no. year, it would probably be like number one or two, maybe three in a harsh yeah. year. But this year was <laughs> so good for music that it falls at number 12. Spotlight, to me, is like almost a, de- uh, a decade-defining track. The way Fuck that no. it reminds, it's so, it's so Kate Bush. Uh, it's so Kate Bush. But uh, for disco tracks, for fun, for the level of fucking passion and grind and beat to that track, the groove on that track is one of a kind. Go listen to to Spotlight by Jesse Ware. Number 11 is Wash Us in the Blood by Kanyezy West. Wow, jeez. I don't care. Just us at the top 10. I don't care. It's a fantastic song. It's an amazing song. This track was so topical for the time it came out. This track was such a rare form Kanye West that you don't get anymore. The underdog Mm. Kanye was back. (laughs) The streets, his ear to the streets Kanye was back. Wash Us in the Blood mixed with that... uh, fucking unbelievable tribal beat uh, narrating on the modern aesthetic of Black Lives Matter and the world at large in 2020. It conveyed the situation in a way that was so amazing and people can look at it as basic and maybe I'm one of these Kanye stands that is like, you're not looking deep enough into it. (laughs) You're not looking deep enough into it, buddy. Listen to it, re-listen to it, and re-re-listen to it. It's fantastic. Into the top ten of the year. Here we go. What's it gonna be? Number ten. Oh, wow. The pause for dramatic effect. is The End by Blue in Exile. The final track off of that terrific, terrific Miles album from Blue in Exile. A return after 13 years. A return after 13 years of the duo uh, from Below the Heavens to come back with Miles to end it with the end, this incredible crew cut, one of the best, if not the best crew cuts of the entire year. So this song, to me, was the epic finale 
that this album required after being an hour and a half long, <laughs> a double disc, it needed to end. It needed to end perfectly, and it did with the end. I love it. I'm not sure all the people that that uh, featured on it. I should probably check because I think that that is probably important. It is. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, Dag Savage, Cassius King, and ADAD. That's who it is. And that's the number 10. Love that song. Number 9. As I pour my next drink. Going for some more. Of scotch and whiskey. Wow. Because this song requires it. Oh, okay. That's a good enough. <laughs> it's Look Over Your Shoulder by Busta Rhymes and King. Fair. Kendrick. <laughs> All right. By the way, let's not get it twisted, everybody. It's Kendrick's best feature in the last at least five years. Ooh. Enough with the games. Wow. This is his best feature in at least five years since To Pippa Butterfly. This is his best feature since then. It is that good. Do not let yourself get confused. My mind is like 12 open mics with hopeless notes I write. Are you kidding? How do you do write we know that? When it, do we know when it was written? Because it's an older 20, verse, right? I know. I know. I, I heard it in 2013. So it's, it's even a pre T pad verse. I heard it in 2013. I don't know if it's from 2013, but I heard it okay. in 2013. It was a leak back then. It's old as fuck. And you can hear it in his tonality uh -huh. of voice. You can hear that that's not Kendrick. Yeah, you now. can tell it's not him. Yeah, Now it is. That yeah. is good kid Mad City Kendrick. That okay. is his best feature in at least five years. The only thing that I will give you to compare is sidewalks off of Starboy. That's the only thing I'll give you. Everything else does not match. It doesn't match. This song is excellent. And Busta Rhymes murdered, murdered this song as well. Do not get me wrong. I'm not disrespecting the OG Busta Rhymes. He's fucking amazing. He's fucking excellent. But I'm just putting this at number nine because I want you to know that that Michael Jackson sample, that mm. Busta Rhymes verse, and that... King Kenny verse places it at number nine. It's excellent. It's brilliant. Go listen to it if you haven't. And if you haven't and you're a hip-hop fan, what are you doing? Wow. Number eight. Wow. As I take a High shot praise. of scotch. High praise. What could be higher than that? No mix. I'm not, I'm not mixing this one. You don't need it anymore. You don't need it anymore. Number eight. This was a tough one for number eight. I had a lot of tracks in the running for number eight, uh, uh, within this album for this slot. Okay. But I'm going with the closer for you by Laura Marling off of mm. the incredible songs for our daughter uh, tape. This song 
is so emotional, and it really is so endearing uh, as a track by Laura Marling, a great British art uh, folk artist that I think has made her best work uh, this year. Uh, as we'll, um, you know, next week you'll see um, where per- perhaps <laughs> it it uh, lands if it does at all. But this song oh. specifically is a song that I think is lovely. I think it caps off the album beautifully. And I think that as a whole, this song is my favorite on the album. And uh, the harmonies are great. The song structure is great. As a closer, it's great. There's no faults I have, and there's nothing more I have to say about the song uh, for you, Laura Marling, number eight. Number seven. Shamika by Fiona Apple. One of the most unorthodox, you know, alternative tracks of the year. Number two on that incredible Fetch the Bolt Cutters record. Uh, One of the most incredible albums I've heard in a long time. And again, you will see perhaps if it does at all where that record lands in the next week. But uh, Shamika is just absolutely unbelievable those piano arpeggiations in the lower register is just one in a million it's so immediately recognizable fiona apple continues to prove to be one of if not the probably not the in my opinion but for some people it might be greatest alternative artists in the history of music oh shit shamika is incredible she is incredible. Listen to this track if you haven't. The story of this track is even amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Number six. <laughs> Number six. Just missing out on the top five albums of the year. Songs. Fill in while I sip my, my, my scotch. Got another one. Uh, I got, it was a, spoilers, it was a uh, manga-heavy fucking year for, for Craig this Christmas. Mm. I got three volumes of the excellent and very beautiful Vagabond manga. I've heard uh, nothing but great things about Vagabond. Yeah, it is beautiful. And it's can a I great see, story as well. Yeah, I'm trying to find a, a good page with not too much on it. Oh my goodness, that is brilliant. Yeah, it's wow. You guys can't see it, but that is beautiful. It's all done by one man. That's the cover. Who's he by? draws and illustrates this. Uh, Takahiko Inoue. Wow. Or Inoue. He's brilliant. And he's put this book on hiatus for five years now. Is there a reason? His health. Oh. His health yeah, like, that's deteriorated. Good. That's a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, my number six song before we head into the top five, it is Pig Feet by Terrence Martin, Denzel Curry, Kamazi Washington, G. Perico, and Daylight. It's quite the crew. It is an amazing song detailing the struggle within the Black Lives Matter movement this year that was absolutely expertly applied early in the year. It was my number two pick. 
but there were four songs that ended up topping it for me. But these four songs will eventually come. But in the meantime, I want to give the credit to Pig Feet. Denzel Fair. Curry okay. gives an amazing verse. Daylight gives his best verse of his entire career on this song. The production is excellent, jazzy, fucking hard-hitting, fucking uh, intriguing. Uh, it comes with a purpose. It comes with a marching order. The, the song moves. The saxophones peeling through from Kamazi Washington presents an urgency unlike any song this year. It is excellent. It is one of a kind. Please go listen to it. Please go listen to it and please give it your honest ears. Listen to the lyrics. Listen to the poignant lyricism that these two put down on the song. It's great. It is time. Oh, there we are. For the top, top five. five. Top five. It's a big moment. It it's is. a big moment. At number five. It is Just Money by Run the Jewels off of RTJ4. Ooh. Well, interesting pick. Featuring interesting Pharrell pick. Williams and, uh, oh, my God, what's his name? Why am I Why am I blinking? Rage Against the Machine. Uh, fucking, I'm drunk. I can't remember his name. Come on. Zach De La Roca. I didn't even see it. Zach there you De La go. Roca. This song is maybe... The smoothest track Run the Jewels has ever made in their entire career. It's wow. so good. I was originally, at number five, going to put a few words for the firing squad. But I chose Just Money because I think that the song, the production, the lovely uh, uh, choir, I don't know if the choir or vocal samples spliced in things are fucking excellent. Love it, love it, love it! I love it so much. Uh, those 808s are fucking hypnotizing. It doesn't even matter what they're saying, but, but the fact that they are saying something makes it just that much better. The flows yeah. that LP and Killer Mike exhibit on this track are once in a lifetime. In a lifetime, you will never hear a track like this if you don't listen to it now. You won't. Wow. Man, you better duck out. Get your head and bug out. You know, if you don't run home, you might run your luck out. Just when you think your bases are loaded, they might roll a grenade in your dugout. You've never heard <laughs> shit like that. It's incredible. Listen to it. Just money. Run the jewels off RTJ4. One of the, if not the best album of the year. You will see yeah. eventually. It could, it could place... Anywhere in that list, Ooh. or not place at all in the next next week's list. Run the Such jewels. Anticipation. The best, no question. The best duo of the last decade. Do not miss out. It's an, it's excellent. Number four. I need to lean into this so I can read it properly. <laughs> um. Adon Noshima no Tanjiro Sai by Ichiko Aoba. Aoba, Aoba. Ichiko Aoba. Off of okay. that windswept Adon uh, record. This song is the closer 
of that Japanese chamber folk record that just I talked about it a, uh, a week ago, a couple weeks ago. I think it was on the the Sessa Part Two that I talked about this album. Such oh, okay. a beautiful, a beautifully serene track. Watery production, as should not be mentioned. If you've heard the song, you know it. Um, but the level of serenity, the level of beauty, the level of precision, the level of excellence produced across this track is once in a in a, in a decade. It was so excellent. I don't know what the fuck she's saying. <laughs> I don't speak Japanese. I have no clue. I'm sorry. But that mm-hmm. song, that album is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. Love it. Top three. Top three. Number three. Who could make it? I'm looking at my number three and two. And I'm thinking, do I switch it around? Do I stay? Do I switch it around? Mm. I know my Will there be one? a last minute change? It will will he do it? It will be. Number three. I'm taking a sip. My God. For dramatic. What has happened? Have you changed your three and two? Who knows? Oh, fuck. I know. Only you know. Number three. Is The Void by Kid Cudi off of Man on the Moon 3. He's made it. This song, as an artist, as a creative, as somebody that is mentally in his own head a lot, this is something that Kid Cudi has mastered, is he knows his audience because his audience is himself. That's something that not everybody does, and Kid Cudi, since Man on the Moon 1, has been talking to creatives. Nobody yeah. knows, and, and, and Yao brought up this point, and I'm going to echo his point and his sentiment because I don't know if Craig listened to uh, the Sessa podcasts. but Not all of it. But not everybody knows what it's like to be the man on the moon, to be in isolation, to be stuck in your own thoughts. That's what man on the moon is. Okay. The okay. man alone on the opus of hope. That's what your mind is as a creative. Yeah. Kid Cudi understands that. That as a creative, as an artist, you fall down this rabbit hole. You fall down this level of of self-doubt, self-affirmation, arrogance, lack of self-confidence at the same time. Yeah, it's it's it's, sure. a, it's a an individual type of thing that nobody understands is that you believe yeah. you're the best and you believe you're the worst at the same time and you're talking <laughs> at your own mind. There's it, it's 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 a it's a, a one of a kind feeling, and Kid Cudi knows it better than anybody. You know, I'm a fall in the void, fall in the void, just to avoid anybody that or anything that can bring me down. You're not falling in the void out of out of a mistake. You're falling in the void out of necessity. Yeah. That's an individual feeling. You fall in that void because you feel comfort in the void. You feel comfort in this in this lack of understanding. You feel comfort in the negativity. 
that's one of a kind. And Kid Cudi encapsulated it brilliantly. Um, his appreciation that rang through on the track. Number three and two, by the way, for me are interchangeable. But this song, okay, this song, the way that it resonated, and him at the end thanking everybody for pulling him out of the void just verbatim not even in lyrics just being like thank you i promise you you'll get through this you will be better you will make it you will be like for me it was like he wasn't even talking to us he was talking to himself just yeah definitely sounds like it reassuring himself it was it was it was beautiful and it lands at number three on my list Okay. Wow. So this top two must be like fucking otherworldly. They are indeed the cat's pajamas. Um, I can't say it. Why can't I say it? It's bad when anyone says it, but like it's really bad when you say it. Whatever. Because when a white person says it, it's like expected. It's like, yeah, you said it because like you're corny. But like, come on, man. You're better than that. You're right. You're, you're better. Right. You're better than the path. The cat's pajamas. All right, this second track <laughs> and the first track are the bee's knees. <laughs> <laughs> Number two is "Excess" by Rina Sawayama. Mm. The one of, if not the best pop tracks of the entire year. Luxurious. Glamorous. The instrumental is so unique. Rina Sawayama continues to prove herself as a commodity in the pop field of the world. Such an excellent album. For this to be on her debut project, for this to be her debut project, the only way to go, I see, is up. It's beautiful. It's brilliant. It's gorgeous. Maybe she won't be able to top this. It's so good. Uh... It's so amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Speaking on the excesses of Western worlds, Western media, Western anything, entertainment industries, the uh, uh, music industry, movie industry, Hollywood, England, like the UK, the way that she conveys this ideal of uh, this idea of excess, XS, of course, it's XS, but it's excess. It is yeah. the excess of 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 the rich, of the 1%, of the upper class, and her explaining this in the most incredibly poignant manner that I may have ever heard, including the instrumental, including the lyrics, including the performance. It sounds like just another pop song on first listen, but it is something special, and that's why Lance... At number two. And number one. It should be easy to guess. Craig, can you guess what my number one is? It should be easy to guess. I think so. I haven't listened to much music this year. (laughs) But just just take one guess and uh, I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. And if you're wrong, then I'll, I'll reveal. Damn, most of the artists I thought could have taken it. You've mentioned. Mm. I really don't know. I really don't know what it could be. What did you think was going to be my number one? Let's let's, stay, I thought, let's start there. I thought maybe like a Run the Jewels song, like like a like a for the firing squad like type of song. I thought it was mm. going to place like higher than it did. Yeah. You thought that, but it was number five. 
Yeah, and it wasn't it at all. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was it was it was it was originally a few words for the firing squad was originally like number three, but I changed it yeah. because I, I updated my list. Oh wow. Fuck hell. But I guess I'll go into my number one then. Yeah, go go for it. My number one song of twenty twenty, without question. It without was question. number one the entire year. It never changed. Oh, it never wavered. Fucking hell. Number one. Oh, is it good news? Good news by <laughs> Matt Miller. Without yeah. question, the best song. Keep forgetting it's this year. It made me sob my fucking eyes out. Um, yeah. And uh, especially on a night like this, where we lose another great uh, just person like uh, Brody Lee. It's yeah. It's one of those songs that just amazes me with how foreboding it is. Mm. It's it's a song that was made when he was alive and it sounds like he's just speaking to me from the afterlife. Um John Breon did an amazing job with it if that wasn't what it sounded like when you finished it with Mac around. Uh yeah. Because the way it turned out is just amazing. It's awe-inspiring. It's uh once in a lifetime, honestly. Uh, Mac, I wasn't even a, a and, and I guess I get to speak on Mac now for the first time, which I never got the chance to do while he was alive because, mm. if I'm being honest, I liked Mac's music. I enjoyed his albums. I wasn't like a diehard Mac Miller fan. Yeah. I had never been a diehard Mac Miller fan. I will never pretend to be. Uh, one of these guys. Uh, I listened to all his albums. I liked them. I was, I was, you know, cool with some of them. Really liked some of them. But good news. Um, it brought me to my knees, and I, and uh, especially talking with Yao. Uh, I'm almost, I'm getting emotional now talking about it. Um, talking with Yao about it, I was like, I remember when he passed. I was, I was sad, but I wasn't devastated. Yeah. In the way that, like, it wasn't somebody that I had idolized or something like that. It was just somebody that I knew. And I was like, man, that's really sad because he's only 27. He's uh, a brilliant young man and whatever. And since then, usually you would hear, like, you know, you would go on social media and you'd see, like, a bunch of his music or a bunch of whatever. I didn't see that. Yeah. I saw him. Yeah. I just saw clips of him loving life and enjoying his friends and enjoying his moments and everybody enjoying him. There's never been a bad word about Mac. I've never heard uh, I've never heard a negative thing. thing. I've yeah. never heard a negative thing about him. And when this song dropped, it was almost like he died then and there. Mm. That was the way it hit me. Where yeah. I cried for like hours. It wasn't, you know, uh, I, and the thing is that I didn't have to listen to it multiple times to be like, oh my God, this is sad. It was like the first time everything just faded away and I just heard him and I saw him. Like, that's something that, that I can't say I've ever done for any track ever. I literally saw him in front of me in, in, in my sight. It's yeah. Uh, it's evocative. 
the plucky, beautiful. Uh, I think it's harp that is plucking away in the background of of the track, the guitar, the fucking synths, the uh, beautiful Beatles like drums. Um, yeah, there's not there's not enough good I can say about uh, good news by Mac Miller. There's not enough good I can say about circles by Mac Miller. And, um, yeah, yeah, good news is the best song of 2020 by a country mile. It's not close. Wow, it's a big mile. It's not close. Nothing, like, number two, XS, Rina Sawayama, wasn't even close to good news. And that's not a knock knock on Rina. That's just a testament to what Mac did. And uh, I celebrate Mac in his final hours, in his final um, uh, public envisionment, embodiment uh, within this song. And um, with that being said, uh, those are my top 50 songs of 2020. And that was episode 41 of the Changing Formats podcast. Uh, Craig, help me out here. Give me your social studies fact of the day. Do you... Do you know what day it is today? It is the 26th. It's Boxing Day. Yes, but it's also the first day of Kwanzaa. Oh, I had no clue. Yes, the first day of Kwanzaa. So this would be kind of... Kwanzaa's like a seven-day celebration about, like, African heritage. Okay. And, like, African unity. And so each day represents a, like, African uh, principle. They believe in, like, seven principles of, like... African life <clears throat> and each day takes one principle. So today is the principle of unity. So if you're celebrating Kwanzaa, happy first day of Kwanzaa. Well, it's fitting. Happy unity. It's fitting since this was a very united podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this episode. Um, yeah, it's a good episode. You know, Long episode, I feel. It is. <laughs> I think it's 260. Two what is that, like three and a half, three forty? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was great though. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Um for my social you know, you can find it. You can find it in other episodes. I'm gonna I'm gonna cap this episode off <laughs> with uh something better because it's the Christmas season. Uh or the holiday season, I should say. There we go. Uh on yeah. the on the topic of unity. Um I wanna let everybody know this year what uh craig and dixon did for me oh uh we'll start with dixon because he's not here but um dixon is and we we and uh i want to start this off by saying on this podcast and in life in general outside of this podcast (laughs) all three of us give each other a lot of shit we are not ass kissers at all all <laughs> we've never kissed each other's asses it's never been that way never uh, we've never, never we've never prote- protected each other's feelings if you don't believe us listen to episode 31 dixon versus september 21st um <laughs> we um one thing i can say for us three that i think is a very underrated quality of us three is that while yes we're dicks while we you know go at each other and whatever we have each other's backs um a lot 
And this year, uh, for Dixon, I appreciate the uh, level of support uh, he's given me. I appreciate the level of, you know, love and care he's given me. This bottle that I've been drinking out of today <laughs> from him was amazing for me. This is something that he didn't even have to ask. He just knew. And, you know, you know, fate happens the way it happens, and he ends up sending me this. And this, you know, it literally made my whole fucking, you know, day, year, that somebody was even considerate enough to think of me in this time to buy me anything right that wasn't my family that was that was great um but yeah the level of bond that me and dixon have is something that's almost once ever like we we've talked about this uh, at length we have nothing in common other than wrestling yeah <laughs> right we don't play the same video games we don't play the same sports we don't watch the same movies we don't listen to the same music but we just have this bond that is like I I wouldn't trade for anything ever. There's nothing I would I would, you know, wage a bargain for to be like, all right. You know, we made jokes a couple episodes back where I was like, Oh yeah, I'll give Dixon up for whatever. It's not true. <laughs> it's not true. Because that guy, uh he's and and I'm gonna give him some kind words now. Um, as much as he can be a dick on this podcast. As much as he can be insensitive, as much as he can be, you know, whatever. He's, like, the most caring, you know, honest, like, beautiful soul that I may have ever met in my entire life. There's not many people that uh, I can compare in that facet. So, uh, that's to him. And uh, to Craig. Oh, boy. uh, Of course... We weren't friends at the start of the year. Oh. January 1st. Uh, I didn't even know if I wanted to kill Craig or not. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like uh, no. we talked about on this pod at length that I was not in the best place or position um, early, you know, in this uh, divide between the two of us. But, you know, we made it. We made it through it, which is crazy yeah. to think. Yeah. Uh, a year ago, I wouldn't have predicted this ever. There's no way. Oh, yeah, no way. Yeah, There's no. no way I would have predicted that this would have happened. But I think the fact that like just getting back together in each other's like sight, lo- like line of sight, was all it took. It's all it took. Very <laughs> much. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was. Um, this is this is also um, a friendship a partnership, a uh, level of respect, a level of love that I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. There's, um, you know, things that I can do with you, things that I can say with you, things that I can convey with you that I can't convey with anybody else. There's um, Mm. a a one-of-a-kind, unique bond between us that I don't think exists outside of our bubble um yeah you know i think uh again we give each other a lot of shit just the same as all of us <laughs> you know whatever yeah but that's not something i i want to ever lose um i think that you're brilliant i think that you have 
the brightest of futures. I don't think that you oh, wow. are. <laughs> I don't think that you sell yourself enough. I think that you really um, doubt your abilities because one thing that I've said for a lot of this year and many other years is that, and it may not seem this way on this podcast, but that's because it's a podcast and we're entertainers, but outside <laughs> of the podcast, there's nobody else that I know that shares the level of maturity and wisdom that you and Dixon do that at this age, at this age, like, yeah. I feel like um, you guys have a different level of understanding. I feel like you guys have a different level of experience in life. That is something that sets you up to do anything you would ever imagine to do. I don't worry about you guys mm. in uh, relation to where you're going to go, who you're going to be, what you're going to be. Um, I just think you guys are... Um, some of the most brilliant minds I've ever met uh, in general. Um, so, and I and I, and again, when it comes to this podcast, of course, um, you know, my confidence is one thing, but confidence in your day to day is a whole other thing. And you guys exude yeah. it. You guys exude it more than I do. Um, and I think that that's something that I is, don't know about that one. It's a hundred percent true. And um, yeah, I think I think you guys are some of the most brilliant people I've ever met, and I love you both unconditionally, unequivocally, and that's that. How sweet! Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure Dixon will get up. I'm sure I want to see Dixon like react to it. Shame he isn't here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. And with that being said, uh, I think we'll wrap up. This podcast, is there anything else you want to add? This is like by far the most wholesome episode. Oh, not even Jesus close. Jesus Christ. Not even close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. We've changed formats once again. Look at us. Look at us. Living though. up to our name. For sure. <laughs> um, uh, and with that being said, thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed, please subscribe. Please rate us with the five stars on the podcast app, it would probably help comment. us out a lot. Um, I haven't uploaded shit on YouTube in like seven episodes. I may never again, but if you want to oh. listen to the first 30 episodes that aren't on uh, the podcast apps, just go listen to it on YouTube. And with that being said, thank you all for listening. Uh, we appreciate you all. Happy holidays. All jokes aside about the holiday season <laughs> and Christmas and Monica and Kwanzaa. Honestly, happy holidays, whatever you celebrate, whatever you do. Um, We appreciate and love each and every one of you for tuning in every single week. The numbers only continue to go up, and hopefully we can be here for the long haul. It's looking like we won't make 52 and 52 this year. but It's a shame. But I think it was because of COVID. I think we would have if it wasn't for COVID. But um, with that being said, I think so. (laughs) Maybe next year. I think so. Um, But next year, we're aiming for it. We'll do it again. And uh, this isn't the last episode of the year. Hopefully, we'll do one more before the end of the year. Uh, If not, Happy New Year's. But don't take that verbatim because we're going to do an episode before then. And uh, thank you for all for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. (laughs) Wigwam and Pop.